We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We have a jam-packed show for you guys today covering everything from the fourth day of Brown's training camp, including thoughts on Miles Garrett's comments, many others. Also, information and thought process around the Justin Herbert extension, potentially the future of running back contracts. That's all ahead on the OBR Film Breakdown. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. Andrew Spates here. What's happening, Andrew? How you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing well, Jake. It's good to be back. Um, I uh, <laughs> It's funny how quickly, I mean, I just said to you yesterday that I was excited that football is back and that we're talking about training camp. And then kind of a, kind of a slow day today, even though there was full speed 11 on 11s and it like the the switch flips and all of a sudden you're like oh I wish there was more to talk about so it's <laughs> it's one day and I'm already back to to the July mindset of like there's not enough you know and so I mean they, they you know off day coming uh you know on on Wednesday as as you're listening to this and so it just feels like a little bit of a wall and then you know they'll throw the pads on this weekend and we'll really maybe probably have a little bit more to talk about in terms of the the line play, but you kind of get the sense that there's not a great opportunity for the, the people that are down there in West Virginia to really see much, right? They're in the end zone. They're not, they don't have a great view. I'm telling you, it's awful. Like being yeah. on the sidelines, they used to give a lot of access for reporters to walk around and hell you could stand behind the team. Like it, it is changed. They heard you in the corners now. And, and I'm not kidding. Now there are people that a part of their job, such as Fred with us, like, their job is to get quotes and you need that access. But the best place to figure out what the hell's going on is sitting at a higher vantage point. And they don't they don't have any of it. And Greenbriars and I mean, obviously not gonna have any stands and not gonna have any spot to view. So you're you're sideline viewing. And I think things are slow, like we've talked about. They're slow from a, a team perspective where you can get something from this guy, that guy's practicing well, but you you really just can't. So we're relying on you know, you, you know, when fans are in Berea in the stands, you do get some videos, like they kind of sneak out and you can, you yep. can do some things with that. But like it, it, the sideline stuff or like back of the end zone stuff that these guys are putting out, it's not any offense to them. It's just, it's a really, it's a really hard situation for them to get yep. much. So maybe we'll see more as the pads come on and we can start to, you know, hear from 
a couple standout plays here or there, but it is it is still extremely quiet, and it's still extremely yeah. quiet in the um, you know, uh, not, not just that, but but any sort of quote. Like I feel like they're doing a really nice job with the quotes. Like they're kind of buttoned up. The players are doing mm-hmm. a nice job. There's really there's not a ton of meat on the bone for the for the Browns right now. The only thing we yeah. got that's interesting tonight, Andrew, is this Justina Anderson uh, tweet where she said. Um, and this is this is extremely premature. I mean, they haven't really done much as a, as a as a offense in terms of going against the defense yet. But she said, interesting to hear a team source. I'm not sure who that would be. A team source lament the effect of Marquise Goodwin's blood clots, uh, his absence on the field due to the blood clots, obviously, uh, during the during the Browns' offense in mini camp so or training camp. She said, we are missing his impact on the field. Is the quote. Yeah. And to me, that's like, I know they've done some seven on sevens. I don't know how to take that. That feels really early. I don't know how you could make any sort of team source could make a definitive opinion on that. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. How, how do you, how does that, it's not a good quote. I would no. love to hear that, <laughs> but I feel like it's extremely early to sort of throw that out definitively. Even, even if you like, you're, you're kind of projecting that they're going to miss it. I don't know. Seems, it seems early to me. Yeah. The only thing I can think is that I know from reports through OTAs and minicamp that he was a high energy guy that was really, you know, one of the more vocal guys on the offense. So maybe yeah. it's more on the leadership, uh, emotional, uh, you know, chirping with the defense, that sort of thing, right. Where they're just maybe not, you know this the the wide receiver room's not as 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 swaggy as they were <laughs> in the spring. I I don't know. I, yeah, it's hard. It would be hard to imagine. I mean, uh, Stefanski said I think yesterday that they're they're still you know they like the first ten days are install right. So they're yeah. not you know they're not it's not true you know tweaking and competing and really it's it's you know this is just learning the offense and making sure that you have it right. So hard to imagine that you know, the speed element is missed in that way. So to me, it's got to be more of a, an intangible personal skills thing. Yeah. And you're worried about a couple seven on seven reps where you, you didn't win a couple deep routes and you're like, ah, right. listen, we're, we're really kind of feeling the effects of that. It's, no, it's yep. certainly not time to panic, but I do think you have to look at other options because Stefanski mentioned today that there was like Dimitri Felton is kind of available to go back to wide receiver if injuries start Why are we out. Doing that? Yeah, that's kind of the thing is like I know Amari Cooper was out again today. He's sort of sitting there getting ready, you know, right. making yeah. sure this is all Yeah, so come, maybe come he just pass. means in terms of like practice reps. I I hope I I don't yeah. I think that, you know, your third running back the odds of that player finding the field are still relatively decent. Mm-hmm. So the Browns had a really nice stretch of health last year, position players wise, talked about that kind of ex- extensively. I, I have, I, I mean, I don't know, Andrew, I, I really think that they need to look into adding another running back. I just really do. I, I don't mind John Kelly, but I, I feel like they're, they're certainly kind of fight. They're kind of playing with fire here. I, I mean, yeah. if you're going to just publicly say that you're willing to, to move Demetri Felton back and he's, he's got to be by far the leader in the clubhouse to be your your third running back in, a, in an offense that is going to be a bit more gun based and, and has a chance to be something meaningful for him. I just think that there's, there's a real risk they're running here and I don't like like dancing with it. So if I'm looking at a pretty cheap veteran running back market, I, I don't think that they would be wrong to be adding one of these guys in, in, in the, in the fold here, but I, I can be that. convinced I'm overreacting a little bit to it. No, I agree with that. I've said for a while that I think if they need to do that, they can do that closer to the season, you know, just because there's, I mean, we're, we're just under seven weeks from the, the opener, you know, that's more than enough time for a veteran running back to come in and figure out what they need to be doing. I mean, I would, I would feel comfortable with your, 
your third string back coming in two weeks before the opener. You know, they could add that person at, at final cuts. So uh, I hear you though. I mean, from a, from a, you know, I, from a roster management point perspective, it doesn't make much sense to me to move Felton back to wide receiver because I think we have seen enough of that to know that he's not the answer. So unless it's, it's really just as simple as like, we need somebody else to run routes. Um, you know, I think the I think the answer is give him a chance to actually make this team as a running back. And, you know, uh, Dalen Baldwin, uh, I think I saw somewhere, you know, had a few catches today and, and got some first team run. Like, uh, you know, let's 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 look at some of those guys, Mike Harley, guys like that, that actually have a chance to be a wide receiver in the NFL. And I think, you know, that that ship has sailed for Demetrius Felton. Yeah, I really couldn't agree more than just slipping him back out there at wide receiver is going to be good for his development and an already teetering development as it is. Exactly. Yeah. Don't love that. Um, We should, we should probably hit on, like I said, I I, want to say that I'm going to try to come up with some free agent or potentially like lower end trade targets that that the Browns could look at at wide receiver. So hopefully have that up on the website tomorrow. There are two big pieces of NFL news that we should, we should really hit on because they, they sort of tie into the division, at least with the with the looming contracts of, of uh, specifically a lot a lot of Bengals players, so Justin Herbert signs his two hundred and sixty three million dollar five year extension. Uh, he gets a hundred million dollars, Andrew, in the first year. How mm-hmm. about that? Yep. How about that? So That's what you're looking for? Yeah, you love you love to see that for a player. I think Justin Herbert's a lot of fun. Uh, I saw a statistic today that uh, the 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 Chargers had put up the most points in the first three years of a quarterback's. Uh, arrival uh, during his time, and then they've also given up the most points as a <laughs> franchise. So yeah, there's some people about to talking about how he hasn't won a playoff game and whatnot. So you know, I just always think that stuff's kind of funny. But uh, the the general thought here is not so much Herbert. We knew that was coming. Obviously, it was just who was going to sign first between him and Burrow. And when you're looking at that, you you start to think you know, people's reaction. The funny thing I see on social media is like Mike Brown is cringing, like. The Bengals, have, have you not, I just find this funny to, to think that people think the Bengals haven't thought of these things. You think yeah. the Bengals haven't studied every piece of the landscape? Yeah. You, you think right. the Bengals don't know, have a projection for what Joe's going to want, what Jamar's going to want, what T is going to want? They know all of these things. They, If you think you're thinking about it, guess how long they've been thinking about it. So I don't like the, this funny thing about the Bengals. I it, like play attention to the breadcrumbs that they've, they've put in place here, right? They drafted a first round edge this year. They're looking to replace some of their higher price Trey Hendrickson types at that position. They've completely erased the, the, the large sum of money at the safety position. Let it walk, right? First round pick signed another third round pick. They're drafting to tighten the belt at other positions. I'm just going to put it on record. I don't think the Bengals lose either of those three weapons i really don't i think they find a way to keep all three of them together and i think people trying to crack jokes is the same the same sort of thing we did with the ravens and then they they figured it out they were they were fine and i just i don't know maybe you think that and i had a conversation with Colosimo on twitter about it a little bit but like i just don't think they're going to lose anybody they're selling the naming rights to the stadium they're doing all of these things to to put money available to them to put it in escrow to, to handle some of these guarantees. So I just, um, I'm just not as convinced as some people that they're going to like, like these guys are going to be left out of Cincinnati. I think they're going to find a way to keep their core group together. There's going to be some things they have to trim, but 
I think that the consensus is that these guys are gone, and I just think it's less than that. I don't. I think yeah, they'll find a way. No, I I agree hundred percent. I think not only that, but Joe Burrow, I feel confident is going to do the thing that Patrick Mahomes did and give the Bengals a sweetheart deal, where you know he signs a longer contract, which allows them to push money into the future, not in terms of restructures, but the way that they structure the deal, right? So that he's he trades longer-term security for financial flexibility for the Bengals so that they can continue to build a roster around him. He's that type of player. It's the same thing that Tom Brady did for years, took less than he was worth to help the Patriots compete. Mm-hmm. It's what Patrick Mahomes has done. And is on um, record saying it, too. Like, this yeah, is, this no, is it, more than money. Coming, right? And it you will know? be infuriating. It will be absolutely infuriating because you're now you're talking about two of the best quarterbacks in the league are in the AFC and they're giving their teams sweetheart deals. So the you know that and the and the Browns had to give a fully guaranteed contract to their guy. So when even in the scenario like I mean I'm not trying to doom and gloom this. I'm trying to talk realistically about the economics yeah. of this. Even in the scenario where Deshaun Watson is his best self, there's no way he comes back to the negotiating table in 3 years and doesn't want another fully guaranteed contract. They've already set the precedent. Even if the league has rejected the precedent, the Browns have certainly set a team precedent, and there's no way he won't take a fully guaranteed contract. That's not in two that's or three something years. I've not heard anybody talk about. Like that next contract, he will want the right. same thing that that people of are course. fighting across it the NFL. Be, it, it will be the uh, he'll be the best. He'll be the highest paid player in the NFL again. Yeah, and so it'll have to be all guaranteed at at sixty seventy million dollars a year. Yeah, that's a good point. Really, really well said there. So. Um, more of the story here is we heard about <laughs> what Deshaun will want. I think that that's pretty fair to, and I think it's fair to expect him to want that because of what they did. Yeah, right. They, they and, made their bed. Yeah. I, I think the borough contract has a chance to be one of the more fascinating deals out there because he's on record. Yeah. People mm-hmm. think that he wants to keep the group around him together. He also doesn't want to upset the upward trend of the quarterback market. Right. So that's also a thing. So he's, he's trying to balance a lot there, but I think, the root of it, like you said, the, the the length will be longer and he'll find a way to try to help keep that core together because I just think Joe thinks a little bit differently. I just yep. think he does. So yep. he uh, wants I think rings. he does, he does. Uh, and, and, and with that, I think they're all intertwined and in trying to keep it together. And listen, I'm not saying T Higgins can't hit the market. It's very possible. It's very possible. They can't figure that out, but I think there are people that think that's like a foregone conclusion that's going to happen. And I don't think that's a foregone conclusion that's going to happen. So yep. just wanted to, to put yep. that on record. The other one is Saquon Barkley out of nowhere, like leader of the charge on running backs <laughs> is uh secretly scheming on the zoom call behind everybody's back where he's like, uh, he's trying to figure this out. He basically takes 990,000 in incentives past the 10.1 franchise tag that he signed. So uh, the moral of the story here is I, I kind of think this is where running back contracts are headed. Andrew, I think they're going to start, they're going to they're going to give these guys money, but I think they're going to have to go out and earn it. I think that the fear of the Zeeks, the Gurleys, now you know Nick is proving to be uh, knock on wood here a, a fair contract so far. But like the fear of these guys with these long term deals, who who basically are giving you essentially not nothing. I mean, Gurley was nothing. Zeke's just a very limited version of paying for the past. I think that there's going to be a push toward these incentive laden deals where guys will get their double digit millions, but you're going to have to go out and kind of earn that money to have any chance. Do you, do you see where I'm going with that? I think, I just think this has a way of the future smell to it. I I do. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think 
you know, it's hard for players to say no to those sorts of contracts because, you know, we, we know that one of the main, you know, skills that is required to play in the NFL is the, the self-belief, right? Every player that plays in the NFL thinks they have the ability to be the best player in the NFL. You can't make it to the NFL without having that belief. And so if a team comes to you and says, well, if you run for 1,000 or 1,200 yards, we'll give you X, Y, and Z. Yeah, a player is is conditioned by years and years of having to believe that to go through all the pain that they go through. They're going to be like, of course I can. I, of course I. Of course I'll hit fifteen hundred yards. Of course I'll score twenty touchdowns. Right. Yeah. And and there's no thought of like how statistically probable those things are, or what the injury risks are. It's just another way for for teams to outsource more of the risk to the player, and keep all the reward for themselves. Because if you do have a running back that rushes for 1500 yards even if you end up paying them 12 or 13 million dollars you're still getting a deal in terms of you know uh dollars spent for every uh you know point of epa you know expected point added yeah it, it just i think that there's a gigantic fear of these long-term deals and i would i would really love to know what the two sides are trying to, to communicate with on those deals right mm-hmm. where a team would come to you and say Hey, we'll give you a four-year deal, maybe with something like a seven, eight million per year number, or we'll give you, you know, something shorter but heavy incentives that can get you up to twelve, thirteen million if you produce. So that's just kind of curious where it's going. I know Jack put out a really good, at least he put it in our Slack, uh, where the way contracts have been going since two thousand eleven, where like quarterback money is up two hundred fifty-six percent since two thousand eleven, and running back money's down like something like eighty-six percent. Uh, all things that we know, but it's just it's a little bit jarring to see that sort of put in front of you. You know what I mean? This It just is – I don't think that you can expect people to just stop being running backs, moral of the story here. Like guys are going to still be playing the position, but is there a way they try to solve this where teams get some of the protection that they're seeking? It feels like there's a change going on there. So um, Agreed. hit on that. Um, Agreed. I, I, I think, again, like I, I think – there needs to be a creative solution to this because it's position specific in this case, right? It's, this yeah. is not happening to wide. I mean, to your, to what you just talked about with, with contracts and how they've changed over the past decade, it's, it's happening to one position specifically. And if it's, if it's going to be fixed, it's going to be all players agreeing to fix it on the behalf of that one group of players. Yeah. Well said. Okay. So let's move to miles real quick before we jump to our yeah. uh, running back analysis. So miles gets a chance to respond to the leadership stuff. And it's interesting. He talked about, you know, there are different leadership types. I just kind of want to know what you thought of it. Different leadership types is sort of what he said. The leadership doesn't look like to one person, what it looks like to another person. We need more than one leader in the room. we got a bunch of voices. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, did you take anything from that? It just is a chance to say, a piece for miles, but I don't know if there's, it's just like with the Clowney thing when Clowney kind of attacked him, he didn't, he didn't really go back at anybody. He just kind he of doesn't says, ever take the bait. Does he? No, he he just sort of Not says the, the helmet. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the bait of all bait right there. He took that one. Um, no I mean, thoughts on that at all. Well, I, he's right. Right. I mean, like, like what he's saying, nobody's arguing that, you know, like it's absolutely true. And I think when this came up a few weeks ago, that was, kind of the, that was the counter argument to the criticism was, you know, well, you know, Malik Jackson, the way you lead maybe is not the way that Miles Garrett leads and maybe, you know, that's okay. And, uh, you know, at the time my pushback was essentially like, you know, why would Malik Jackson go out of his way to say this on TV? 
you know, I think with the benefit of hindsight, he's a guy maybe trying to get a TV job. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, you, you, I did this on our, our, a show of ours at the time. You Google Malik Jackson comments and you get a bunch of hits for stuff that he has said. Some of it's been pretty dumb. So he's not a guy that's afraid to speak his mind. And, you know, um, I think sometimes that can flip over into sensationalism. So I, I, you know, I think, I think Miles explained himself pretty well and like made a pretty clear case of like who, why he is the way that he is. But he also said that, you know, things change and that he's not the same player that he was in 2021. So, um, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that is perfect for, you know, July before training camp starts. And I think it's, it's, it's resolved now. And I mean, as we have kind of talked about, there's never been any flaw or fault to Miles Garrett on the field, on the practice field. And I think you just really have to kind of focus on that and also just give him the latitude to be the, the type of leader that he wants to be. Uh, as long as, you know, he's sort of doing the things, you know, I, I mean, I still think that I take a little bit of issue with some of the you know, he got suspended for what a series last year or didn't start again, whatever, you know, those little piddly things, you know, that, that just seem to kind of nag him. And, and I, you know, the thing that I've said for a few months now is uh, best pass rush uh, talent around him that he's had since he's been in the league, uh, best defensive coordinator since he's been in the league, uh, most uh, friendliest scheme since he's been in the league, right, in terms of him just putting up production, mm-hmm. have, have a career year this year, right? Like, put up 24 sacks and walk into the hall of fame. Yeah. Outside of there being some injury, bad luck. I, I don't even like talking about it, but everything is that there's literally not an excuse to be had on his side of like why he shouldn't be a defensive player of the year candidate, a very real one, like not flirting with it. There have been times where we've thought he's in the lead for that thing. And then it's, it's faded. Like he needs to get one of those. If we, if he is sort of who we think he is, he needs to get one, and this would be the, this would be the right year for him to get one. So, uh, yeah, yep, hopefully this is he it. is, he's you know he's going to be what twenty seven, twenty eight this year. This is your prime, your physical prime, your mental prime as an NFL player. Uh, there's just a lot of hope from this podcast to Andrew and I that this is the year that he puts it together because it's it's all it's all there, and he's extremely yep. talented. And it would be really unfortunate to look back at this you know, in 10 years and be like, I can't believe Miles Garrett didn't win a defensive player of the year at any point in his career. So hopefully this works out. So, all right, we're going to take a break, come back. We're going to do what we do with previews. We're going to look at running back, which we don't have a we don't have many names. So that, that's going to be a really quick one. So we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, running backs on the roster at camp. Here we go. We have Nate McCrary, Saginaw Valley State's been around the franchise now. I think this is the second year he's been around. Um, then it's a bunch of familiar names. Well, actually, I take that back. Hassan Hall, they brought in from Georgia Tech as a UDFA. Then there's the familiar names. John Kelly, Jerome Ford, Nick Chubb, and Demetric Felton, who is uh, a, a slash. He's a running back slash wide receiver on the official website. So we'll hope that that goes away. Uh, over time but anyway uh this is not a group of uh mystery uh, i don't i mean there's there's a bunch of really defined situations defined roles here andrew uh we'll ask was the most on the line i'll let you answer that first i i'm just i have so much confidence in nick chubb that it's hard to say it's him right because like what does he need to prove at this point you know uh i mean i think he's finally this offseason really started to kind of get the respect that he deserves as, you know, the best running back in the league from people that kind of pay attention to the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and part of that has been the appreciation that he succeeds from any scheme. So, you know, I suppose that you could try and make the argument that, well, you know, they're going to change the offense. Is he going to be okay? Of course he's going to be okay. He's Nick Chubb, right? So so I, I think it's Jerome Ford in terms of there's an opportunity. There's a clearly defined role uh, to, to be, you know, the – the third down back, the pass catching back, the, you know, pr- probably even get into some two back formations. I know those are always talked about more than they actually happen, but mm-hmm. um, I think there's an opportunity there for a, a player that really didn't have a role on the offense last year. And so if you're a young player, draft pick coming into a team in your second year, you know, first full off season, you know, if he, if he can have a hundred touches and have a productive season, then, you know, you think about what the room looks like over the next three or four years, he's in that conversation to be a lead back. Yep. Jerome Ford is the easy answer on that. If he's sort of forgotten or they bring in a veteran who ends up taking that role from him, then you start to wonder like, what's his place in the league sort of thing at that point? Is he just a kick returner? Because I know that they mentioned they're going to keep him on kick return duty, which, which I am more than fine with. I think yeah. that he is, he was great. Uh, he's great at it. Right. And, and some of those skills with kick returns translate, you know, identifying lanes and making a cut and going, I think those things certainly translate. So I think there's, there's plenty to, to really like here. So um, I don't think anyone after him, I mean, like, I guess you could argue that some guys are like fighting for their NFL life and 
from that comes who has a lot on the line, Demetrius Felton, kind of fighting for his job early. But uh, the biggest position battle, I don't know that there is one. I don't think there is. I think the one and two are defined. And I, I guess if you want to say the biggest position battle is who's going to be the third running back, Felton or John Kelly or mystery player to be determined, I think you could maybe make that case. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, or if, if Hassan Hall, you know, were to maybe get into the conversation with some, some impressive preseason, you know, uh, production. I mean, if you're going to try and make a team like this as a UDFA, probably running back is is the best bet, and they happen to have an open spot really this year. So I don't know a lot about Hassan Hall from a, you know, college tape perspective, but, you know, <laughs> he can probably do it, you know, uh, so – you know, They're going to get I, yeah, that I, extra game of opportunity. We'll, we'll know exactly early. right, right, right. Yeah, and I mean, I, we were we were, you know, we were talking about this yesterday with the quarterbacks. If if their you know if their scheme is really tight and they go out against the you know the Jets fourth stringers and rush for two hundred and fifty yards in the second half or some nutty thing like it, it cha- that stuff changes the conversation and and you know it it I don't think that's going to happen. So I I agree with you that I think it's the closest thing to a camp battle is is you know, Demetric Felton is the sort of incumbent third running back and then John Kelly trying to make the team and, and if they happen to bring somebody else in. Okay, next is who will rise, who will fall. I think, I mean, I really feel like Jerome Ford, I've mentioned it for a month and a half now that he was sort of forgotten and I, I they spoke so highly of him, especially Andrew Barry, that you feel like he's an easy candidate to rise. And I just feel like there's a chance here, real serious chance that, Demetric Felton doesn't even finish the year on the 53. Yep. Mean, he might be an initial guy, but you know, I, I don't, I don't think there's a lock here that he's, he's finishing yeah. it on the 53. So I'll go, I'll go that direction. Yeah. And I, I, th- I think that's the, that's sort of the chalk, right. Is that, is that Ford shows up into what I said before, hundred and 150 touches, something like that. And is is like dynamic and explosive. It's like, Hey, they've got another guy. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I think there's also a narrative here where Nick Chubb has his best season as a, as an NFL player, just because of the, the clarity around his role. Um, you know, I mean, as much as we knew how much better Chubb was than Hunt, it was always Kevin Stefanski handled that as a one, a one B situation. And it was frustrating at times, but Kareem Hunt got all the goal line work, uh, you know, and, and got more opportunities running the ball in a game than I think a lot of us, especially last year, felt that he should. Uh, and so Nick Chubb as a, as a, as a unquestioned clear number one back for the first time in his career is, you know, there's a chance that he goes really big and, and does something special this year. And it would be, it would be a lot of fun to see. Long-term outlook. Uh, and I, I, again, don't think there's a ton of mystery here. <laughs> um, you know, you have Nick is, I think this is an important year for Nick in terms of if he has the year you're talking about, Andrew, then it's, yeah, they got to keep him. They got to keep him. They've got to yeah. figure out a way to make this a couple more years. Like maybe there's a yep. two year extension thing that happens exactly. there or exactly. something, but, yep. um, that's the long-term outlook. I mean, the, the yeah. best case scenario here is. You, you get a nice hundred you know what 70 to 100 touches or you know, t- carries and targets combined right from from Ford and he proves that okay this guy's a very functional NFL running back with a chance to be more down the line so right I feel like that would be another nice outcome so yeah that, that's and, probably and, it but I think there's yeah. still I just think we're missing a guy whether that's a claim or a signing I think we're still missing a guy still- I agree with you I agree with you and I I, I tend to think that you know, running back, I mean, as we were talking about earlier, it's a position with a lot of talented guys that are kind of just available. And so 
rather than going out and signing one of these veterans, to me, it's like, who's somebody that kind of shows up in, in camp for somebody else and impresses, but they just have too many people, you know, they, they have too many names and, and it's a, you know, it's a first or a second year guy that comes free. And it's like, Oh, that guy's good. We know he's good. He's been in the league. He's done it a little bit. That to me is the perfect sort of third back for this team. I like it. I like it. Well, that's the running back position. Again, we're going to get into some more fun positions at least. Yeah. Wide receiver will be so much. I mean, it'll take 30 minutes just to go through that room. It's a 17 names on the roster and we might even fold tight into that group as well. We'll see. Cause we're kind of going to be pushing it up against this, <laughs> this hall of fame game is going to be here before we know it. So that's right. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll probably look to combine them. I promise these will get a little bit more exciting, but we, we do our due, <laughs> gil- our due diligence across all these positions. Right. So um, yeah, we talked about Nate McCrary on the pod. So I feel like that's a win in and of itself. Yeah. It's what they show up for. That's why people pay Saginaw uh, zero, Valley zero dollars. That's right. Um, Okay, well, Andrew, good show, man. I appreciate you taking time. I know you're out of, uh, you know, doing things on the road, and and uh, we appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a different setup this week, but happy to do it. Happy to be with you, and uh, always happy to be talking about the Browns. Good stuff, man. We'll catch up with Andrew on Friday. Thanks you guys for being here. I know it's like I said, it's an off day for camp here on Wednesday, so check out the OBR for some downtime content, which has a, you know, some various different things that you can read up on or catch up on whatever whatever and go back and maybe listen to a couple of these pods that have recap days that you haven't been able to catch we'll fill you in on everything that's the goal of this pod during training camp is to, to catch you up on every piece of information you perhaps missed in, the, in these busy weekday uh, weekday shows but we're close we're, we're not far away from the hall of fame game and all the excitement that comes from that and, and we'll have everything covered for you so uh, next up we'll see what i'm not sure who we'll get for the next uh, podcast here on thursday but we'll have something up on thursday for you Uh, So check in with that. Like I said, we'll get back with Andrew on Friday. Until then, thanks for stopping by. Rate and review the pod. Always appreciate it, guys. Have a great Wednesday. Go Browns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.